Welcome back to 21 Steps, an audiobook podcast by M.A. Box. Chapter 4 Derek exited the police station and got into his car. As soon as he sat down, he began crying. Tears he couldn't stop. It was like a wave of emotion finally took over and he couldn't control it. He thought about the day that he first met Leslie. He was a senior in high school, and so was she. The bell had just rang for the final hour of school, and the halls were getting crowded with students excited to finally leave for the day. Derek hated school. It could have been worse, but Derek couldn't really imagine how, except for if he had been Arnold Weezer, the geek of the school that everyone picked on. Derek was second, though, the person that nobody ever saw. Still to him, not being noticed was definitely better than being picked on, which he also knew about and had found his way out of. He walked through the crowded hall to his locker at the end. It was the very last locker in the senior locker hall, and because it was at the end, it was smaller than the other lockers and really hard to get to. Not only was he not noticed by the students of the school, the administration seemed to forget about him too, and gave him the last and worst locker in the hall. He stood back against the wall, waiting for the hall to clear out so he could finally put his books away. He could smell the old fruit and trash coming from the garbage next to him, It made him sick to his stomach and he felt vomit coming into his throat, but he fought it back down. The hall had finally cleared enough for him to step up to his locker and put away his books. He had homework today in science on the rules of probability. He was required to take home the dice they had been given in class and conduct an experiment to look at the probability of rolling a certain number or combination. He threw the dice, his science book, and a notepad with his notes and assignments into his black backpack and threw it onto his shoulder. He slammed the locker door shut, turned, and started to walk toward the exit. He was six feet, two inches, and skinny. His shoulders hunched over and he had long, brown, shaggy hair. He wore glasses that had a thick double wire in the middle of his nose. He always wore old, worn-out t-shirts, jeans, and sneakers. Nobody cared anyway, so why should he? Nobody could see him. He moved silently through the halls and out the front door. He started to go down the steps. Out of nowhere, he became collateral damage. Two people were fighting, and one of them bumped into him, sending him flying down the steps. He landed halfway down on his stomach with his hands outstretched. It looked like something from a Disney movie where the geek gets pushed down the stairs by the jock. His backpack fell from his shoulder and rolled, barely beating his body to the bottom of the steps. The dice and books flew across the sidewalk and into the grass nearby. Derek turned over to see people staring at him and laughing. They were all pointing at him, so he quickly stood up and began to gather his books. His wrist was killing him, but he couldn't show that he was hurting. He refused to allow anyone to see that. He began picking up his books when he felt a tap on his shoulder. He turned, prepared to tell the person to leave him alone, but all he could see were these beautiful brown eyes. Are you okay? he heard, but so focused on her eyes, he didn't realize it was her that spoke. She asked again, and at that moment, he jumped back. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. She had long brown hair that had some curl to it, and it was blowing in the wind. She was beautiful. She looked at him like she could actually see him. He didn't know what to do. He just stood there mesmerized like a fool. She started to laugh and asked, Well, do you want these dice or not? Derek put out his hand and watched as she dropped the dice from her delicate hand into his big awkward one. He looked up to say thanks and noticed how beautiful and clear her skin was, and the only thing that could come out was a squeak. She laughed again and asked him what bus he was on. He told her it was the second one down. She said that was hers too and they got on the bus together. The bus smelled like a locker room full of students yelling and screaming. The second seat on the bus was open and Derek slowly slid in. 
She slid in next to him, and he wondered how he had never noticed her before. My name is Leslie, she said. I'm Derek. This is my first day here. I moved here from New York. My parents decided they wanted a slower pace of life, and the whole September 11th attacks really changed them. Are you from here? Derek noticed that she talked very quickly, very different from his slower style of speaking. He wondered if it was a New York thing. Yes, only not for long. Next year I'm going to have to get out of here. Oh, it can't be that bad. Don't you have family here? I guess you could say that. I have my dad and stepmom who take care of my bare necessities. I guess you would call that a parent. I also have a stepsister. She is a junior. You will probably see her sometime. She is on the cheerleading squad and thinks she is God's gift to the world. I have a sister too, but she is only in middle school. She was really excited to come here. That will probably change pretty quickly. Oh, I doubt it. She gets along with everyone. They talked for the next few minutes, getting to know each other and what the family dynamics were. Derek wasn't very good at talking to anyone, let alone discussing family dynamics with a pretty girl, but somehow she made it easy not to stumble over his words even though his conversation was probably pretty negative. He tried to fix it and speak more positively of things. The bus ride went very quickly. Well, this is my stop. I will see you tomorrow, okay, Derek? Leslie said as she stood up and walked down the steps of the bus. She turned, smiled, and waved as she jumped off the last step and headed up to her house. The time had moved by so quickly that Derek felt he really didn't get to know Leslie. Derek watched Leslie as she walked up the driveway to a small yellow house on the corner. He couldn't believe how beautiful she was and that she had actually talked to him. She even knew his name. He knew she was going to change him and from that day forward, she did. Derek looked down at his wrist to see the purple swelling that was already appearing. He got off at his stop and went into the house. His stepmother was in the kitchen when he entered. I think I need to go to the doctor, Derek said. What now, his mother replied as she turned and saw the swelling already starting in Derek's wrist. Oh, that does look bad. Okay, you can take the car. Derek wasn't angry at the response he had received from his stepmother. It would have been unfair for him to do so. After all, this wasn't the first time Derek had come home and needed to go to the doctor. On Derek's first day of high school, he had come home with a broken nose and two broken fingers. He had told her that he had gotten into a fight at school because a bully was picking on some other kid. He would have been ashamed to tell her that in reality, he was the kid being picked on by the bully and that it hadn't been one bully, but three. He only had them look at the visible sores and bruises and had held back a sure broken rib, hoping they would never find out. The next time Derek had come home needing to go to the hospital was when he had been walking home and a car full of high school boys pulled over. They dragged him into the bushes and began to pummel him. At one point in time, one of the kids picked up a rock nearby and slammed it into the side of Derek's face, splitting it open and blacking his eye. He again told his parents he jumped into a fight trying to save not only his pride, but also to protect his stepsister. The boys in the car included her boyfriend and their friends. Apparently she had told them it would be okay. She didn't like Derek anyway. Sixteen stitches later, Derek still tried to protect her. The next hospital visit occurred shortly thereafter. Derek had ran out of his pain pills and his head was still pounding. He bought a couple of painkillers from a kid at the school, not knowing exactly what they were. His stepmother ended up finding him passed out in the bathroom later that night. She took him to the hospital where his stomach was pumped and he was treated for the next few months like a drug addict. He couldn't blame them, though. He had come home many nights after school drunk and then to have a painkiller overdose on his records, he definitely deserved the treatment. It was after these incidents, though, that Derek found a way to be invisible. It was for sure better than being picked on. This time, though, after driving himself to the hospital, Derek waited a relatively short two hours in the waiting room. He would later appreciate this moment, but at the time he was frustrated and in pain. 
he found out that he had broken a bone right near his wrist. He couldn't remember the technical term, but he knew that it hurt just the same. They put his arm in a cast and sent him home for the night. He was supposed to keep his arm in a sling as well for the next couple of days. Even though he was in pain from his arm and was wearing a sling that wasn't exactly appealing, he couldn't wait to see Leslie tomorrow. It didn't matter that he broke his arm. He finally had something to look forward to. Derek looked back on that moment and realized that it was actually good that he had been invisible, or he may never have met Leslie Cook. The next day, when Derek got up to get ready for school, he was particular in what he chose to wear. He selected the best t-shirt that he had in his closet. The selection was very limited, as Derek rarely took his clothes down to be washed, so most of them were dirty, and he really didn't have very many nice clothes. He picked a blue t-shirt out that had some symbol on the back. He didn't know what it meant, and had picked it out at the Salvation Army last summer. It looked clean, though, and it smelled clean, and he thought that was the most important part. He pulled it over his head and went to the bathroom to look in the mirror. He used a comb and some water to at least straighten his hair out so it looked decent, and made sure to brush his teeth twice. He ran downstairs and out the front door, just in time to catch the bus in front of his house. He got on and sat in an empty seat near the front of the bus so he would be sure to see Leslie and that she would see him. He sat waiting for her stop to come. Unlike yesterday, this time... The time moved so slowly he thought they would never make it. When Leslie got on the bus, Derek pretended that he didn't notice her and that he had been looking out the window the entire time. She sat down next to him with a thud in the seat inside. Another day of school. I can't wait until we graduate, Leslie said. Yeah, me too. It will be the best day ever. Derek was surprised how quickly they had gone from not knowing each other at all to being friends. Oh my God, what happened to your hand? You didn't do that yesterday, did you? Actually, I did. No big deal, though. Are you letting people sign it? Sure, I don't care. Do you want to? Yeah, let me sign it first. She dug into her backpack, searching for a marker. She pulled out a bright red sharpie and grabbed his arm. She wrote her name on it in big, bold red letters and followed it by a heart that she colored in. There, she said. Now you look cool. Derek laughed because he had never looked cool a day in his life, and he knew he didn't today either. But it made him feel better that she thought so. He figured also that from that day forward, signing a cast would never be cool again. He probably ruined it for everyone. Derek came back to reality. He really had been a geek back then, and he didn't know what Leslie had ever seen in him. He knew that once she got to know him, he was a pretty funny guy, but people didn't usually take the time. He drove home slowly after meeting with the detective, not sure what he was going to do at home. He looked around the town as he passed by the shops and realized that everything looked a little clouded, or as if it had a thin layer of dust covering it. He thought maybe it was the tears in his eyes, but maybe he would never be able to see things the way they really are again. He pulled into the driveway of his house and realized that his parents and kids were gone. He assumed they must be at the hotel or out to breakfast. A part of him wanted to just pull out of the driveway and go to where they were, to never go back to this house again. He wanted to avoid the memories. The other part of him argued that the sooner he got the house clean, the sooner things would go back to normal, or at least he hoped. He walked across the lawn. Drips of dew from the rain the previous night were sparkling in the reflection of the sun. Derek didn't notice and just kept walking up onto the steps. He turned his key in the front door, took a deep breath, and with his shaking hand opened it. A wave of cool air swept across his body, not because of the temperature in the house, but because he felt fear of what he was about to face inside. He stepped in and closed the door behind him. He didn't know where to start, but decided the kitchen would be the easiest spot, because it was routine and it didn't require cleanup of the officers and the situation the night before. 
He started by putting the dishes that were in the sink into the dishwasher and filling up the sink with water and pine salt. He grabbed a rag from the drawer to the left of the sink and dipped it slowly in the water, letting the hot water burn his skin before he finally pulled it out. He turned around to start cleaning and saw the half-completed puzzle of New York City still sitting on the table. A wave of anger and fear came over him, and he took his hand and swept it across the table, causing the puzzle pieces to fall to the floor. Leslie had been working on the puzzle for the last couple of weeks. She had always wanted to go back to New York and to take Derek and the kids with them. She had so many great stories to tell. Derek was so full of anger. He pulled out the chair to sit down at the table. He didn't know what he was going to do without Leslie here in his life. He loved her so much. He clenched his fists as anger rose up in him. Why did she have to die? Why did he have to be alone? They had young kids. How would he raise them on his own? He looked around the room and saw a picture of his two boys on the wall in the kitchen. They were both smiling. Patrick was three at the time and Tyler was just a baby, leaning against a box that was covered in cloth at the portrait studio. Derek couldn't help but think how much Patrick looked like his mother. Just looking at the picture made the anger fizzle away like water on hot concrete. This picture gave Derek the courage to stand up and move on. He started by picking the puzzle pieces up off of the floor and putting them into the garbage can, one by one. He then moved to cleaning the table, the doorknobs, the marks on the wall, and up to the stairs. He got out the vacuum and cleaned the floor downstairs. He then went upstairs toward the bathroom. He came to the open door and looked in. He fell to his knees in the doorway and began to cry again. Derek hadn't prayed in a long time, but at this moment he did. Dear God, help me be the father I need to be, and please make sure Leslie knows I loved her through it all. He continued to cry. After a few minutes, Derek stood and began to wipe off the black dust on the walls, faucets, and mirror. Slowly it came off and he washed it down the sink. He finished cleaning the rest of the house, almost as if he was detached from the situation. He was going through the motions, but couldn't feel them, and really didn't know what he was doing. He just kept cleaning. He couldn't feel. He didn't even know how he was continuing to move. He just did. Eight hours later, Derek's father Joe entered the house after knocking to no answer. He found his son Derek on the floor of the bathroom scrubbing. The knuckles on his right hand were bleeding, leaving behind a streak of red on the linoleum floor. It looked like he had been scrubbing the same spot for hours. Joe felt a pain in his chest, wanting so much to be able to help his son. He placed his hands on his shoulders and said, That's enough, Derek. It's time to rest. He then bent down beside Derek and put his arms around him. He felt that he had neglected to do that in the past and wondered if it would even work now. Derek finally stopped scrubbing and began to cry. He helped Derek up and guided him to walk down the stairs. He helped him to sit down at the kitchen table and then got him a bottle of water from the fridge and a sleeping pill from the cupboard. He sat next to Derek and told him to take it. A few minutes later, Joe helped him to Patrick's bed to sleep while he waited in the living room for him to need someone. He knew it would be difficult for Derek to sleep in his own bed without his wife, and he knew that the situation hadn't quite hit home in the way that it would. But that time would come, and his father would be there when it did. He hoped that he wasn't too late to be there for his son. Joe picked up the phone book and the phone. He searched through the cleaning section and found a local cleaning agency with 24-hour service and a guarantee for satisfaction. He called them to have them come out and clean the house. He sat back and turned on the television. Tune in next time as we continue 21 Steps.